0: get that money, then you get that power If he tune in, no song, but he on that power Now you walk around with it in your trousers That miss bowling on my chest, no fucking blouse uh,
1: bitch, rain, show yo. You dig that? I know a thing you Alright, we're back once again, folks, live in
0: Greenwood Bonjour, shalom, what's up? And welcome back to How You Livin'
1: Right. Fresh
0: in the summer, here,
1: your uh, little moment of the week. Cut out for uh, talking about what's been going on since the last time we visited you. And uh, as always, we start our show with a look back on other shows <clears throat> in a little segment we like to call callbacks.
0: <laughs>
1: nah, it's all good. We're going to try it one more time. Here we go.
0: C-c-c-call.
1: All right, call back to the time when we had theme songs all plugged up and ready. Uh, (laughs) uh, That's right, we're here once again, folks, in Greenwood to talk about the things we've talked about before in other podcasts, and this week is like no other. So many things are still repetitive of previous things.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I feel like a lot of our reporting or, you know, talking about issues is kind of like like My callback kind of feels like that yeah. A bit. Well, what is your callback this week? Well, my callback is in relation to something new that happened. Uh, there's a, a University of Washington lecturer uh did an essay on why women don't code. And that kind of goes back to James Damore, who got fired from uh, Google for being like, hey, maybe our diversity things that we have are because of these biological factors and everything and i haven't read the essay yet so i can't tell you totally about the comments of it but definitely he's gotten a lot of backlash in uh, the press because of it and on twitter and such so it's very interesting to see how that line of argumentation is going to continue now that there's more people kind of advocating for it and maybe reading the essay and seeing if the conclusions he drew were good conclusions to draw based on the evidence or maybe kind of skewed based on what he thinks and personal bias. So I'll probably call back once again, once I go around to reading it, to let you know what I think and reading other opinions on it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it is definitely culturally here in America. (laughs) uh, True that, um, you know, the, the science and math uh, is disparate of, uh, of females, you know, currently, Mm -hmm. There's a, a need for, for, you know, more people to enroll in those studies uh, at the college level and then seek them at the professional level beyond up to engineering and, and coding and the types of things that uh, the tech, uh, you know, sector in that kind of area is is looking for. And so in order to do that, you know, it starts at the beginning, Um you know, they're not just going to, like, come out of whatever industry they've studied or, or have experience and move over to coding mm-hmm. you know, necessarily. <clears throat> Although, you know, we could also learn to teach people coding at a younger age. You know, Yeah, to, and that's happening more and more, too. Just as, like, general curriculum, yeah. I feel like we, we could add it to, like, elementary school almost, you know? Oh, yeah,
0: no. And there's definitely some of the schools that presumably have a little bit more money than others. Uh, They are doing that, so... We'll see what the newer generations come up with once they uh, get into college age and into, you know, the economy and such. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, shout out to uh, anybody who is interested in math and science and is young and may or may not be female. If you're female, that's extra good. But actually, just in general, math and sciences, we need more people uh, going into those fields in general. We're actually losing a lot of uh, brain power as a nation uh in the sense of providing our own like infrastructure people that have gone through those disciplines. So mm-hmm. uh but either way, uh here we are in twenty eighteen. Uh and I guess another callback would be y- you know, the uh the standoff in the NFL continues. Uh oh yeah. And so um we're kind of moving through the summer programs. We have, you know, Contract negotiations, last-minute trades, types of things before the season starts in August. Essentially, with preseason and stuff uh, getting geared up, and uh, you know, it, it it's interesting in the sense of I I wonder if there will actually be some type of holdout by players once they realize how stiff the the kind of past levy is for for um for the teams and how it's going to be frowned upon by their, their coaching staffs and everything to get these kind of like kneeling penalties, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. uh, it, how, how far players are going to be pushed in that realm of not being able to, um, you know, have any type of statement or, or voice before they start striking essentially. And, you know, and at what point you know i guess it has to be a tom brady type figure for it to even take uh, effect on a league like the nfl mm-hmm. but like how strong is the players union opinion on this and and you know it's interesting as we kind of are in this off season now wondering how the the sides are gearing up mhm you know as it were and uh
0: we'll see we'll see like basically like most finds um, is meant to get people in line with a certain level of um, behavior, right? It's no different than like ticketing people for not wearing their seatbelt. But yeah, what's what's interesting is supposedly I guess next
1: year they're gonna be a new league that comes just in the heels of the NFL, mm-hmm. and it's launched by uh, a guy who is um, the son of the former like NBC sports segment. Uh, which is uh, forget his last name, but yeah, he's been, he's been producing the basically the NBC Sports franchise for for the last thirty years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, Ebersol is his last name. Yeah, so this is Charlie Ebersol, and he's uh, developed this league, and he's already made a deal with like CBS, so he's already got an airtime sponsor. Oh, okay. And you know, ultimately, <clears throat> if he you know is signed up to getting TV contracts and whatnot. And he allows some type of, you know, political discourse from the owners. Now, if he takes the other hardline stance, then he's he's not the answer. But I wonder if there actually is room for another league to to if if there, like just enough billionaires got together, you know,
0: um, maybe. Like, I mean, there is probably room for a minor league because there is still arena football but arena football like doesn't get shown on TV a lot and although they try to play in the NFL's offseason so NFL people who like that game can go and see their games and they kind of don't coincide with each other same the same way like how the WNBA doesn't usually overlap with the NBA's uh play season right it's mo- yeah exactly mm-hmm. so i don't know man it's it's just
1: like it's it's interesting going forward because we're we're they're spending more money. they're building these stadiums, but they're getting firmer on these these rules and and uh, the type of the type of things that the players are standing up for are so important. It's weird to make somebody make the decision between ignoring their feelings towards something and and getting rich, I guess, or whatnot, or appeasing a boss,
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think. I think right now, what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to appease it and not get fined. Like, there have been some coaches that said they were going to pay the fine if they want to do it anyway. So, on those teams, you probably see a lot more bolder support for it. But I think another way for them to tackle this is the newer players coming in from the draft and stuff. When they're talking about what's in your contract, like, have your lawyer there and say, add to this contract, I will not get fined if I kneel um for the thing because then if trump gets mad it's like well no if they if they make him like if they find him as a breach of contract and then it becomes a whole big deal and you know right it can be like if you can make it a legal controversy then you know the american people seem to think it has more precedent Uh, um right so at least right right away to precedent essentially because
1: precedent just exists Mm -hmm. it's just element of of existence but yeah Interesting. Um yeah, well that's uh that's that was my kind of interlude callback. Uh the debate continues and you know, podcasts are listened to months later. So by now <laughs> the season could have kicked off. We might be seeing some of the ramifications. And in that case I sound like a predictor because you're like, "Wow, this controversy actually is stirring up problems." And I'll be like, "Yeah, I saw it coming from like 3 months ago." Okay. <laughs> Uh, but we are live in effect. I think Woo-woo. I think we're around 57. Who knows? I don't keep track. Apparently, uh, we'll call it episode 57. And then if it's not, you guys will laugh at me. So, <laughs> you're welcome. Either way, um, welcome indeed, Chaz, to uh this episode. As always, I like to ask you uh, how you living, man.
0: Uh you know, doing pretty well. Uh, can't complain about my personal life, uh, really. But you know thinking about the news i guess the biggest thing of the week uh, the biggest thing that everyone's talking about is deportation at the border and the whole zero tolerance policy and uh, that Trump recently signed an executive order that's supposed to end it but it kind of is written in a weird way that you know allows people to get held indefinitely so
1: yeah the uh, yeah the my uh, immigration issue uh, and and whether or not the you know, his, his solution about, you know, we're going to reunite families or, or we're going to keep families together, you know, it doesn't even actually uh, give m- much, you, you know, specifics as far as uh, how it's going to be conducted and what they're going to do about families that have already been separated and and the kind of uh, policy shifting continues. Mm-hmm. So um ultimately uh yeah we need the the storyline of course uh children being separated from families at the border brought to different states around the union for you know detention centers essentially which then kind of led to these reports of like caged children and uh you know there was a lack of media access to the detention centers and and there was kind of this whole uh Push and pull of policy and and uh, and debate from the in the in the public you know about what was right and what was happening and uh, ultimately Trump somehow kind of switched positions in a way when he signed this executive order uh, in order to to not stick with the policy of separating the children and uh and you know we'll we'll see what what happens uh, as it's in, you know applied but from what i understand they're essentially just going to keep the family together nearer to the border and then deport them probably like it's just mm-hmm. a process of deportation so um but yeah it's uh it's it's interesting um ultimately uh the, the country needs to face its immigration past and its immigration future mm-hmm. uh, with its immigration present and uh, and start to recognize uh, that we need some real some real change as far as policy. Um, currently, I think it's 1 million are allowed to uh, migrate to this country annually legally. Okay, okay. Um, so that's 1 million at the federal level. so that's across all of the United States. But uh, yeah, we'll 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 see uh, as as time goes on. What are your thoughts as far as uh, what you saw this week as far as the policy and the, and the change? And, and
0: I mean, he he got some blowback as he should have for you know just the uh, as people call it rightfully show uh, children concentration camps. And you know, there's, a, there's been a lot of things from Fox News saying this is a good thing or trying to spin it in a way where you know it makes the liberals look crazy when they're criticizing Trump for his treatment of people. Right. Which is like full on what Fox news does now. So, uh, are being that, and also just thinking about how they're going to be, well, how they shut down a nice center in Portland, uh, because there was a really big uh, protest that started with five people and built up and momentum from that is, uh, I have a plan to go to either, I think ICE self and, uh, and he's not saying ISIS;
1: it's ICE, which is the I C E. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, go down to Tacoma, where they have the, where they're keeping the kids down there, and protest down there. Or if there's something locally happening in Seattle, support that. Once I figure out which one I'm going to, I'll post it on uh, our Facebook page, and hopefully see you too. Have you decide to go. Yeah. Uh. And yeah, it was
1: a. It was an interesting. Um, protests going on in portland at the uh, at the ice facility there it was uh an interesting kind of method of just like blockading <laughs> a federal structure <laughs> uh we'll we'll see how that method works you know in the future and um you know the policy can can really alter the direction that we go with in november mm-hmm. um we w- you know the the Democrats have been a reactive uh, party for a long time, and we need to start kind of looking at the party, if it wants to be the party of good intention mm-hmm. and actually good action, then it, it needs to start building its own platform and stop being the Trump reactive party.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's been a criticism of them for a while now, at least on someone, like, on the progressive end of things.
1: Yeah, because if we're not bringing new items to the table and new ideas in order to, like... Uh, improve the situation in lives of others then there's no reason for them to not believe what's going on currently isn't better than what could be and they'll just go ahead and revote trump (coughs) we we have to make the argument of a real policy change that actually has foundation and goals and things that can be achieved at state, state by state level in a way that each state can identify where their incentive lies within that vote and help vote the Democratic Party in in that state. Mm -hmm. In order to do that, you know, you have to speak directly to those voters. And it's like been a problem with the Democrats with this reactive mentality to talk specifically to the Trump federal level, which these voters aren't necessarily swayed against already. So we need to just kind of almost blinder to the Trump ideal kind of like negative everything he says and just build up the actual foundation of a campaign Mm -hmm. and, and, and stand on in our values and Trump will do what Trump can. and, And at some point, Trump in some point should probably sling mud or look like the, the lower candidate, um, just by nature, if you don't mention him. And if you ignore his campaign and his 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 administration in a way of just building your own foundation on on what you think is important, to some point, if he finds you relevant, he'll probably mention you. And in just being relevant, you've become like uh, a success. So mm-hmm. so it's 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 a it's a real opportunity for the Democrats right now, November. Uh, Let's see what, what these uh, candidates, they probably are already registered. They're already knocking on doors. They're already trying to get your address and talk to you. And I know it's annoying, but get to know these candidates. Find the ones that you can actually identify with. Hold them to the accountability of a, of a real plan of change. And, and let's, let's win some seats in places we're not expecting. And uh, everyone vote. Like, you still have time to register if you're Mm -hmm. listening to this in June. Yeah. But
0: if you listen to this in August, get your butt together. It's getting late. Yeah, we got real Nazis running for office, and they've gotten the primary seats in... uh, some of the red states so and i'm not saying that to be like oh my god everyone's a nazi i mean like real life nazis yeah like m- m- let michael do his thing and i'll find I'll, t- I'll find you the person i'm talking about yeah well
1: and and, and as the as the democratic party is is talking of an attempt to to kind of sway its voters into action the blue wave you know we have to actually make that blue wave happen uh in order for it to be anything more than um just a a a light shower you know it's got to be a tidal wave that that takes over uh, uh different corners of washington as well as different corners of this country uh with 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 ideals and options that people are actually going to vote for because they see real change happening uh and not not change in the sense of the 2008 election when we're all hope and change and we're just like voting for ideals like change like actual numbers of investment dollars in different districts for different projects that are probably current and shovel ready and available for people to to get jobs and planning and development and different different angles that we can talk to these communities that currently need jobs that was always the opinion and and not part but pretty much all of Trump's rhetoric about those type of jobs, those manufacturing, those types of jobs, they're not growing as much as they they tout the economy. It's not the sectors that they talked about. So, a lot of those communities still need help, you know. And Flint still needs clean water and you know, there's there's opportunities for um for projects to to really make a difference and the Democrats could run on a policy of of making those policies happen. So, mm-hmm. And now Chaz's Nazi Corner. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) They're Nazis, they're Nazis. Chaz has found them on the internet. Oh my (laughs) lordy. Chaz's Nazi Corner.
0: Chaz. (laughs) Wow, we do not need an intro for that. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) But you know what we can call it? We can call it political action is lit oh
1: wow that's funny we, uh, <laughs> we already we already spent a million dollars on the previous so we're gonna have to use it every time but, <laughs> uh <laughs> so political action formerly chaz's nazi corner what what,
0: <laughs> what do we what do we have what do we have oh, for the people Lordy. so like there's one uh, neo-nazi running second to feinstein in the senate poll in california uh there's another one oh i can't remember his name but i think it's in uh wisconsin or somewhere he wisconsin or somewhere i know i'm sorry i'm sorry folks i'm gonna have to call this one back too yeah. uh but he uh, like he got a uh, a primary seat for either a state senate seat or an actual senate seat and he ran unopposed but it is a primary sort of state so he'll have to go up against the democratic contender in the general uh, and hopefully you know the democratic contender will win not just because they're a democrat but because he's a neo-nazi so and it's one of those things where as i was reading in that book uh don't just march run for something they are about 67 percent of state seats are just like electoral seats in general not electoral seats that you see in a president's race or anything but just seats in uh, government whether it be local state or federally Uh, 67% of those, they just go unopposed. Like somebody can run for it and nobody votes for it. And it's like, what? So, you know, let's make sure that doesn't happen. And, um,
1: yeah, yeah. Don't, don't elect the Nazis people. That's, uh, that's key. Uh, you know, it's, 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 and then uh, the other news of, uh, of the day and almost a, a mini callback Canada officially second country in the world to legalize marijuana recreationally. Yeah, as yeah. a country, second second to Uruguay. Yeah. And uh a friend of mine who's a politician political kind of student up in uh in Canada, he 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 said if you were watching the World Cup, uh the most politically minded uh left leaning country to root for would be Uruguay. Oh, okay. Because they legalize pot, um, they have uh, electric. They they electric program makes money, saves people money. It also has fiber optic, uh, affordable internet for people, and it's a CEO is two women who share like fifty percent custody over a a chair of the board kind of situation. Um. Yeah, and like in like the majority of the, it, it's like a really progressive country, and so he made the argument that yeah, if you were gonna vote or if you were gonna watch the World Cup from a from a p- political left mind, you would you would cheer on Uruguay. Wow. Okay. Uh, so Canada, following Uruguay's uh, place, legalized marijuana uh, by originally by the stroke of a pen of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Whoa, whoa. And then followed by uh, action of Parliament uh and uh, it'll it'll kind of be adjusted between 17 and 18 as the legal age based on mm-hmm. uh different studies and situations in different states having uh legal rights to tobacco and alcohol at around those ages so um yeah it'll be an interesting uh uh kind of development one of the things that's uh normal in Canadian politics is immediate uh, uh uh it basically goes into effect immediately.
0: Oh, okay. okay. So so
1: it'll probably be uh, implemented as early as July 1st and but it it really it can't get much like later than like September.
0: Yeah, I remember hearing a thing where they said they wanted to have it in uh 6 to 12 weeks, but people were saying that wasn't enough time for them to be like fully stocked and fully acclimated to all the rules both uh, national nationally and provincially. So I think early September is what they hope to have, like all the recreational stores that people can go into and you know do their thing.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So so there
1: you go. It's a it's a changing world as the U.S. Uh, continues to move backwards to when our country was neither great nor again. <laughs>
0: no, like I I've been thinking about that, like the weed thing especially because uh, I think something about our government that you know i never really learned in school but i need to learn more of is federalism because there's like the state's rights and the rules that they're making makes like different pockets of america very different in the freedoms they can express and it's very interesting to see, like, what states are trying to pass these laws versus what states are trying to pass these laws. Like, the whole net neutrality thing went into effect recently, but we live in the state of Washington. So our state laws make it it's still illegal to uh, not have net neutrality. Right. But all the 59 other states don't have anything like that yet. Well, I think, actually, as I'm saying this, I remember California did a thing, or at least they're voting on it down there so it'll be very interesting to see where i think in some ways like trumpian politics can have a big effect on you know what the national government can do but it's very interesting to see how federalism is kind of pushing back on some of the blowback that he's doing dismantling some systems and such so when i think about weed and how you know states there's like what is it 12 states now in the united states that have it to be legal and i think texas one of the you know the big red states that might go ew drugs they are doing a thing to make it medically uh legal oh and i think alabama was another state making it medically legal so kind of like it's it's an evolving process yeah yeah
1: yeah it's it's interesting i mean we we definitely need uh you know uh Drug reform, as far as our laws, legal is concerned, how uh, people are put in prison. We need prison reform at a federal level as well as at mm-hmm. state by state. Uh, there are some awful prison codes in different counties around this country. Uh, we we need uh, to 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 really move forward. We need to get on the same page. Uh, the politics thing. A lot of that has to do with education. Um, you know, people, um, aren't shared in the knowledge of what's actually going on. And so they're debating the world from a viewpoint of I- ignorance, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to remedy ignorance with, with the light of knowledge and, uh, and hopefully get, uh, a higher percentage of, of, of some of our underserved uh areas served with uh, better ed- access to education and and uh and see if we can kind of stem the tide of of ignorance on both sides of the, the aisle essentially but but definitely uh leaning towards some of this uh trump rhetoric which is not based on fact it's based on feeling and we've proven that time after time again mm-hmm. you don't need snopes.com to 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 figure this out it's uh it's it's a lie and it's a distraction after distraction and it's it's side story after side story. Uh I don't even want to get into the side story of uh Miss Trenchcoat and her like message on the back the you know. I mean, I don't care do you?
0: Yeah. What was that? I mean, let's see and I I, I don't want to just like I feel there's a certain at a certain point you can't say, keep saying this shit is doing is crazy don't worry about it right like like they are you know representative of like a certain part of the zeitgeist and like and like when we talked about the dehumanization of children right like just because like when they share that sentiment it is something to think about it's not like you don't need to I don't think you need to talk about it a lot, but I think I I I sound like a broken record when I say that. But like when people criticize it, they're criticizing it for a reason, and I think like people think you look crazy when you're like those are the signs of fascism. You need to look out for, right? So I feel like the the way they're saying just sometimes it, it can be hard in this level of political discourse of what is actually a molehill. And what is actually the, a mountain and what is actually making a mountain out of a molehill.
1: Right. And yeah. Yeah. And, and with that, I say I'll, a final thought. You know, uh, it was in poor taste. Uh, is she governed by the, the fact that whatever she wears has to be representative of thought she has on the opinion of the thing she's dealing with right then? No uh do i see a future where we're gonna have more you know less presidential appeal look to our president kind of family yes i mean i think we're kind of getting away like we 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 really almost don't need them to wear like as fancy a stuff as they wear it's kind of a weird pomp and circumstance thing going on but then when they add the kind of like I'm almost slumming it appeal, which would have worked if it didn't have this strange like sentiment on the back, you know? Yeah. So, so I I think it's in poor taste, but, uh, ultimately, uh, no conclusions drawn essentially. Yeah.
0: I mean, not enough
1: information.
0: I think the question that you have to ask is, was that deliberative or was that coincidental? Yeah. And if it was deliberative, then it's like, Oh no, that's like, that's fucked up. Right. But if it's, uh, you know, coincidental it's that's fucked up. You should have a little bit more self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> like, so about what's going on. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: Well, it is officially summer. And so in order to celebrate, uh, summer, I like to celebrate the, uh, thing known as the summer blockbuster.
0: Oh it, shit. I love summer blockbusters. I might and, go see a movie after this. And we've had, uh, we've had several, uh,
1: uh, st- come already, and several others on the table. Uh, what do you think so far, Chaz, of this year's summer blockbuster season, and what's been the last of what you would consider the summer blockbuster
0: uh, movie did you see? The last summer blockbuster movie I saw was Avengers Infinity War. Ooh. Um, and I liked that one a lot. I mean, well, uh, like, I liked it, but I didn't love it, right? Yeah. I think... I think they did as best they could with having all the characters, but I still felt like, you know, there. are I wish there could have been more interconnected events with them instead of there being like two or three or four separate storylines Yeah, going <laughs> through the whole thing. Spoiler alert, I guess.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, fuck spoilers. Uh, <laughs> by the time you're listening to this, it's already been out
0: for so long. So uh,
1: I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, no. I also saw Deadpool two.
0: See, I need to see that still. Uh, the I luncheon. I, d-
1: I did enjoy that. That was quite fun. Uh, uh, the the sass of Ryan Reynolds in that character, pretty great. Breaking the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was enjoyable. Uh, I have yet to watch the solo movie. Yeah,
0: I'm thinking I'm gonna wait for that one to come on uh Amazon Prime video. We
1: uh as Americans we all slept on the solo story, which was kind of a surprise because uh you know it it's a main character, it's a character we fell in love with. Why didn't we want the uh prequel to uh Han
0: solo? What what was done differently? If I had to well, okay I think one, they try because I think of because of the character he is, um, they tried to release it as this like blockbuster action movie when Star Wars has never been a blockbuster action movie like it's had action in it. But Star Wars movies get released in December and they get released in December for reasons because in December there's horror movies, there's Oscar bait and then there's Star Wars right it's the same thing that uh the lord of the rings did uh they didn't see themselves as summer blockbusters but they're like this is the event you go with your family and enjoy uh over christmas break or you know over new years or for whatever is your winter solstice holiday festivities and with this one it's kind of like yeah but look at all this other cool shit i can see and going to the movies is expensive so you know I'm gonna see the really cool Avengers movie, or I'm gonna see Deadpool because that first, like that first one, was hilarious. And then you're like Han Solo. I mean, what? <laughs> like all right.
1: And then uh, you know to to try you know break the patriarchy down. <laughs> uh, Oceans Eight was released. Uh, you know the the remake in a, in a way of the oceans 11 franchise uh starring a all-female cast mm-hmm. uh, uh
0: what do you think of that project and are you gonna go see oceans 8 i am gonna go see oceans 8 uh i am happy that is released i would think tactically i w- it might have been better for them to release it like mid-spring instead of like as a summer blockbuster because it's one of I think from that one is something I learned from what uh the second Captain America movie did. Like Captain America Winter Soldier did not come out during uh, you know, summer blockbuster time, even though it kinda feels like it. It came out in spring where there was like none of that happening, so it made gangbusters. Then yeah. Civil War was able to come out during the fourth because it was like, Oh, it's Avengers two point five, yeah. Right. So Yeah. So it could do that. So with them, like it having a story we know But it competing with that field of things that we're familiar with versus something we're unfamiliar with, I think that might have led to it not doing as well at the box office as people wanted it to. But, you know, now that it's out there, if they feel like they made enough money to do another one, like, they they should. Because, I mean, they keep making... uh, what is it? Mission Impossible movies. Right. Which also <laughs> I think did they
1: is that one of those coming out this summer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So shout out to to T C. Right. I'm sure he needs our uh our help on that one. Uh also uh the second in the franchise from the Pixar uh movies is Incredibles. Yeah, I too. need to that's
0: what I need to see today. I need to see the Incredibles. So so <laughs> apparently <laughs> that one's on the
1: charts <laughs> for uh Chaz here. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then there's the next in line of the Jurassic World series, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, that's another one I'm going to wait to come out on DVD. Okay, sadly, I'll probably go see it. I've seen all of the Jurassic Parks (laughs) in the theater going back to the original.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, I saw Jurassic World in theaters, and I liked it, but I wasn't like, oh, my God. Like, even because I saw Jurassic Park when I was a kid, too, and I liked it, but I wasn't like, oh, well, there was that one moment with the raptors, and, you know, like, that was tense. Like, that was fucking tense. Yeah. Right? And, you know, it's like I felt like the newer ones started to become, like, more campy and less thrillery. So I'm kind of, that's where I'm kind of like, I don't need to be in that immersive space if it's not going to be thrillery. It just seems kind of like more like Indiana Jones than the cave or something
1: and then uh looking forward we have next in the ant-man series ant-man now with the
0: wasp i'm seeing that i'm definitely seeing that and like because i really like the first one but then like marvel marvel knows how to market shit like that was the first movie that came out right after i think avengers 2 or so everyone was like oh i need more marvel oh shit there's an avenger in it so So that was cool. I'm going to definitely see that one.
1: And, uh, yeah, and then it's, uh, the Mission Impossible Fallout is the name of the, uh, the TC, uh,
0: episode. Okay. Like, y'all don't notice, but, like, just like how Mikel has seen every single, um, Jurassic Park in theaters, I've seen every single, uh,. Mission Impossible movie in theaters. Oh wow! I've got a problem. Okay, I well, really like well then, uh, <laughs>
1: Chaz, uh, mark your calendar. Uh, July twenty seventh is the uh, release of awesome. Mission Impossible. July twenty yes. seventh, midsummer, uh, for all y- for all you out there. Uh, and that brings us to the second half of uh, of uh, the podcast, where I asked Chaz uh, what what other important things are out there. Uh, going on this week or
0: in the country that you want to tell everyone about so there's an interesting thing uh, uh in the progressive bulletin okay that's that the progressive bulletin does not exist this is just what i'm going to call this segment in my head you can call it that too will uh but apparently last week when the whole california or and it wasn't last week it was I guess in last week, two weeks ago or something. Yeah. Uh a, a proposal to split California into three states makes it on the November ballot. And Wow. That's that's crazy. Like that's so it'll be interesting because like if you look at it, it's split up into Northern California, Southern California, and just plain old California uh-huh and so northern california um i believe would have like san francisco oakland and a lot of the northern stuff and northern california is known for being like staunchly republican yeah. uh, southern california <clears throat> would have some of the things that are more east uh from what we know from like la and i think it'll also have san diego in it but i'm not sure but i think that kind of skews blue and regular California will be, uh, in, like, kind of the the south, let me see, the southwestern coast of California. Yeah. So kind of where, like, all the big money is and, you know, tech would be in that area. Like, it's kind of, I guess, I don't know exactly how they're doing it. I just saw this and I remember I wanted to talk about it a little bit, but I'm going to need to call back that, too. So <laughs> I get some more information on but, it. But it's officially
1: on the ballot.
0: Yeah. So I think. I wanted to talk about it because it's definitely something that could change. It's going to change the Electoral College and like those uh, 55 Electoral College votes. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if it changes the Electoral College votes to increase it from 55 because I think uh, the Electoral College is based on population. So we'll see like how much will like will California the new California be more like the state of New York or will it be like you know state of arizona and like same with northern california and southern california where will those be more like rural states uh and not have like a high population amount or will it be like midwestern states where it has like a middling like 9 10 or so yeah it'll be interesting if it gets divided evenly or if it decreases the amount of electoral votes or increases it or you know and how that'll affect w- what states go blue and what states go red and yeah.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. That that that'd be kind of pretty unprecedented. Uh other than, you know, there was a compromise uh, split of Virginia. Uh Maine comes out mm-hmm. of a uh, separation from Massachusetts at some oh, point. Okay. Uh yeah, it's uh, it's it, that'd be interesting though. That's a that's a modern era definite uh difference. Uh thing that's not really happened very often.
0: I think like if this happens and people vote for it, i think it'll set a precedent um in states where the red blue divide is so evenly felt that you could you could actually make that work because i could see a precedent of someone saying no i want to be the state of washington and you can be the state of central washington and i could see them trying to do that and you know if that happens that means regular washington would become red and central washington would become blue and what yeah. happens to the amount? well they about evenly have the same amount of people living in those like the the basically king county metro area and you know it's all auxiliary counties right have about the same amount of people living in it as the entire rest of washington so. yeah yeah maybe interesting
1: well man uh anything you want to leave the people with uh
0: before we we head out uh uh if you got netflix uh vox has been doing a weekly series called explained they started with uh monogamy and they've been doing things like the racial uh wealth gap and uh um, and k-pop so if you're into learning you know in-depth things it's only about 16 to 20 minutes long for each episode so you can binge through the current episodes in, you know, a couple of hours. So,
1: yeah. Uh, shout out to our man, Ron Funches. Oh, yeah. What's up, man? Uh, who uh, recorded his first hour special, which will come out either later this year on Comedy Central or early next year. Uh, so congratulations to him. It was a wonderful time to watch the process of them filming the special. Uh, it was directed by Bobcat Goldthwaite. Uh, shout out to him as well and everyone that was a part of it. Gabe Dinger, who opened up the show. Oh, he was funny. Uh, yeah, it was a real blast. Uh, look forward to seeing that show. And uh, check out Gabe Dinger and Ron Funches when they're in your, uh, your hood doing comedy. Uh, go check them out. Also, shout out to Ian Carmel, who was part of the All Fantasy Everything podcast, who I'm going to check out later this month at the Parlor Live in Bellevue here in the oh, Seattle area. Oh, okay. so He's performing? He's performing Stand Up of the Comedy, uh, which uh, I'm going to go check out. And so I'll see him soon. Also, uh, keep in mind to give us a email at hylbox at gmail.com. That's hylbox at gmail.com. That's the How You Live in email box. Go ahead and send us a letter. Tell us what we're doing. Tell us what to talk about. Tell us how it's going in your state and where we can help politics change the
0: world. Why not, Uh, Chaz? Uh, Yes, and I have two separate Twitter accounts. If you want to follow the zany side of Chaz, you know, me talking about Incredibles, ripping on different movies or, you know, just being silly, CRSII. But if you want me to see me get more political... Uh, I started a new Twitter, and that's Chazbaz. So you know, follow either one. Follow both. I don't know. I'm Chazbaz everywhere else as well, uh, but everywhere else is pretty much all personal. So he's separating in front of us, folks.
1: He's gonna be an X Men mutant soon. <laughs> like one of them is gonna be really political, and the other <laughs> one's just gonna be really off the wall zany. But you'll have like a different suit, so we'll be able to identify. <laughs> uh, also, get a hold of me at seatown Town Mayor. That's S E A T O W N M A Y O R in the Twitter sphere. Cause I'm helping your municipality by the sea, ha! <laughs> All right, guys, we got to get out of here somehow. Um, as always, Chaz, it's uh, a blast hanging out here in the million-dollar studios on top of the Chaz Tower. I didn't say that already, so I'm saying that now. Um, and as always, uh rate us review us on the itunes um give us a a subscribe if you can and uh and that'll uh i don't know change something
0: (laughs) we out peace yeah Why they need me out the way, what you expect? Got a lot of blood.